wife said, you have to quit. My brother-in-law said, you have to quit. My dad said, you have to quit. My friend said, you have to quit. And I was like, why would I quit? I don't want to quit. I want to stay here. I just want to get paid more. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers, the podcast designed for business owners, marketers, and entrepreneurs wanting to make an impact through the work that they do. I'm your host, Seth Silvers, and my passion is building brands that last by marketing with stories. On this podcast, we share stories with you of people who are growing their businesses the right way, and we teach you how to grow what you're doing through storytelling and authentic marketing. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. And I'm excited about today because I get to sit down virtually with a fellow Coloradoan. We're about two and a half hours apart right now. And I'm sitting here with Cody Birch with OneHourFunnel.com. How are you doing today, Cody? I'm doing amazing, Seth. Thanks for having me on your show, man. Excited to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this because I don't really, I think we got connected through some mutual friends in Colorado uh, here in the last few months, but I think I pretty quickly saw that there's just synergy in approach to marketing and approach to how digital marketing should be done. And so I'm excited to learn more about what you do. So for our listeners who maybe don't know who you are and what you do, give us some context to just what your life looks like and what it is you do. Yeah, so I, I started my entrepreneurial journey three years ago. I wanted to create more freedom and space in my life. And we can dive into that full story of that transition here uh, later if that serves. But I really wanted to set up something where I could have a more scalable business model where I could help more people. And that, that has been something that's really driven me. It hit me today. I shared with my wife and uh, my ops manager. I, had, I take a bunch of screenshots of people in one of my communities that there's a lot of people in there, just more than I was able to serve when I was an employee of a company and certainly more than I was able to serve when I had the digital marketing agency. At its height, it had 12 clients at a time. And so now there's dozens of people in the membership communities and being able to help them with their marketing and with their ads. And so the whole business of One Hour Funnel is built on the notion that I want people to own their marketing. And I mean own versus rent. When I say rent, I mean you rent it from a high-priced agency or you rent it from, there's people that they'll hire an agency, give them their credit card, and the ads will be run in the agency's ad account. And the marketing is totally locked up in a black box in some office across the country. And the business owner has no idea what's happening. And so I'm big on empowerment of, uh, of small business owners and entrepreneurs and business owners to be able to own their marketing, like learn how to promote their business, learn how to advertise their business, learn how to attract people that they seek to serve through something called a funnel, which is an online system that, that I use to, that a lot of people use to, you know, to turn traffic into leads and leads into customers and customers into repeat customers and repeat customers into referral sources and those things as well. And those are the vehicles that I use to help people get their message to a ton of people. So I do that via events and coaching and books and workshops and membership sites and things like that. That's awesome. I love that. I, I would love, you mentioned more freedom and space in your life and using your business to kind of help do that. I would love for you to go into that more right away. Cause I, I, a big thing we do on this podcast is finding out not just what business owners do, um, but absolutely why do you do it? Because I think that that is so important in the industry is, I think j just consumers are shifting towards where they want to know that when they support a business, that there's a reason behind that business other yeah. than just wanting to make money and stuff. So talk to me a little bit about the, the reason behind why you do what you do in this journey of using business to 
actually give you more freedom and space in life. Yeah. So about three years ago is when I started to get the itch to do something different. I was an employee of a company. There was only four of us at that time at the company. And we had had our, we had had a great year. We just started a new pivot um, of a new way to help people. And it went well. We made about a million bucks and there was four of us and none of us had a great salary except for the owner. And uh, we had some profit sharing. I thought, this is great. This has been an awesome year. But I was so far removed from the profit of the company that I was just hoping that we wouldn't spend it as a company and hoping that we'd get to the end of the year and hoping there'd be a little bit of money left over so we could get a little bit in the form of a Christmas bonus. And so three years ago in the, in the fall and winter of 2016, I told my wife, like, it's been a great year. Uh, Christmas is around the corner. Don't go crazy on gifts. I have my year end review coming up next Tuesday and let's just wait and let's just see it might be a, you know, a big bonus, a small bonus, but just something. And that'll help us with our Christmas gifts for the kids. And I went to that meeting. I went to that meeting expectant of something awesome where I would be, uh, you know, all of us, we want to feel honored and revered and respected and uh, appreciated in those things. And the, and the meeting had some of those elements for sure, but long story short, there was no profit and there was no profit sharing. And I thought I'm so sick of being so far removed from the, profitability of this business as an employee of the company with no say and no vote on how we, uh, how we make decisions in the business. That led to me coming home that day after this long annual review, very frustrated, very empty, very afraid of, I don't know what to do. I've been at this company for 10 or 11 years. I didn't have the entrepreneurial gene. My, my dad's a cop. My mom never worked. Uh, and I didn't know, I didn't have this blueprint. Well, like, let's just do what the birches do. We pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and we start our own company. Like, no, no, we don't. No, I didn't know what to do. And right. uh, we didn't have any money. I hadn't prioritized savings. I didn't have a safety net or a parachute. And I'll never forget that Christmas. I was looking back for some photos to just for some context for myself. Like, what was that like? Was that as bad as I remember? And I couldn't find a lot of photos. And I think that's because that Christmas I was so, as a dad and as a provider, we have three sons. Um, they're now 11, uh, 13 and eight. And we didn't, we, we got them all, I told my wife, let's get them all two gifts. And the kids didn't care. They were grateful to have anything. They weren't like, why are there only two gifts? Like is something up with dad's job? But it was very, um, very, I was very, really, honestly, I was really frustrated at myself. Like, how did I get us into this situation? I'm 30 at the time was 36 years old, not where I wanted to be in life, uh, not doing what I wanted to do, not happy at my job, not even, even able to afford everybody wants, I think, to just lavish our children with gifts whether we should or not is irrelevant, right? You know, they, they end up playing with the box <laughs> right. or they get 10 gifts and they play with the one, but I wanted every, more than two. Every kid wants to have gifts lavished yes. on them too. A big mountain of gifts. And they did fine. <laughs> uh, to, to be clear, there, there's bigger problems out there. Right. But as a dad and as a provider, I watched them open their gifts, very appreciative, but I was really empty inside. I was, I was crying quietly. They didn't want anybody to see. My wife knew, but I was like, please don't let the kids look up right now because I was so... I was just felt like I really backed ourselves into a corner. So anyways, through that, through that season, through that moment, I've not been able to get my kids a bummer time to be feeling so depressed and feeling a little hollow um, that I had to, had to take matters into my own hands. And so right when I came back from Christmas break, sat down with my employer and said, I, I need to make a change. I need to, I need to leave. And he was very shocked. And, and, uh, but it was that moment. It was that, that, that November, December season, 2016, that I knew something had to be different. Hmm. Wow. Um, so what, what did you change? Like, what did it actually look like? Cause I can, I mean, a lot of people have that moment and I think it's becoming more common to start something, but 
oftentimes people are like, yeah, I saw my parents do this or, you know, like we had the entrepreneurial genes. It doesn't sound like that was a natural next step for you. So what was next for you after experiencing that moment? Yeah. So that year at that company, we had started a coaching program where we were helping people turn their expertise into thriving speaking businesses. And so through that, we were doing coaching and I was there, I was the tech guy, the funnel guy, the ads guy, the copywriter, email marketer, automation expert person in the room. And we would come up with a really robust marketing strategy for these people that were, in my opinion, were like awesome business owners and way further than I thought we were. And I was like, this is really cool. They're asking us for advice. And so many of them didn't have a, a marketer. They didn't have a solution. They didn't know how to get done what we would say, like map out a great, you know, let's sell them the book and then get them on a webinar then get them on a sales call then have that convert and we'll retarget the people that don't opt in and all that marketing fun stuff. Right. And then they looked at us like a deer in headlights, not everybody, but some of them. And that's when that also planted the seed coupled with my dissatisfaction of, I wonder if I can go help people like this, turn their expertise, whether it's with speaking or whatever nature, and I don't care by leveraging funnels and ads to grow their list and grow their, grow their emails. And so when I jumped, uh, I, I, uh, I was respectful about, it. I wasn't like loud, uh, Jerry Maguire storming out of the office and then lighting up Instagram with I'm free, you know, like there was none of that. It was very, mm -hmm. uh, discreet, um, which in hindsight, I wish I'd been a little more, uh, less, a little less discreet with how I made that transition that I was now a freelance. I was on my own. And I reached out to some of those people and said, I, you know, me from this other thing and I'm on my own now. I'd love to help you. And that's when I got started. And I just needed what I like about starting a new company with a service-based model or a done for you model. It's not scalable, but it typically can pay really well. And so I just needed a handful of clients, like two or three mm -hmm. clients to make what I was making at that last job. I thought, well, I've got to know two or three people in month one. And luckily for me, my story includes uh, quick success. Not, there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of up and down. It wasn't just up, 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 up. But it was the first month was okay. And I thought, I can do this. I got my footing a little bit. Like, I'm not going to go bankrupt. I'm not going to have to sell my house. Like, we're going to be able to stay in our house. Like, I think I can pull this off. And I set some goals and hit those goals in month two. And set those goals and hit those goals in month three. And thought, this is interesting. Words, words getting out that I, you know, this... Uh, I, apparently I had, had had a reputation at that last company as somebody that was good at marketing and direct response and lead generation and sales and automation and people hired me. And then we were mm -hmm. off to the races. And I, then I had a lot of confidence, it, which did not come overnight. It took like six to nine months of like, I'm great. I'm good now. I'm solid. It was just through being identifying as a tech guy back of the room with his laptop, head down, bad posture, figuring out an automation to now being the guy at the front of the room, having to, speak or lead generate or be on the sales calls or enrolling new clients and don't forget to let them pay their invoices and then onboarding them and then offboarding them when their project is launched. Those were all new skills that I had to learn and, um, you know, had, had quick success, not without, not without its setbacks and stuff, but it was, right. that, that's what I did. So that was about three years ago. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yep. fast forward to today, what's, what's your thing? Like what's, What's your one thing that you feel like you exist to, to kind of serve as, a, as your business? How would you describe that? So it's predicated on two big ideas. One is that I think that we were given our ideas for our business, our service, our message for a reason. We weren't given those by accident. We didn't stumble upon them and trip over them at the supermarket and say, well, th this is my idea now. I believe, I believe it's divinely inspired. I believe we were put on this planet to make some kind of difference. And I believe we have no control over that. It just happened. Okay. So I, I really believe that. So that's part one. If you believe that, that I have this idea to help people with their marketing and advertising for a reason, 
and that that reason is beyond me. And then the second part is then it's selfish to live small. It's selfish to like, let's say I figured out how to make a ton of money with Facebook ads and have a ton of success and then never told anybody. That's not fair. That's, that's selfish actually. And so I believe that about your business, Seth, and other people's business that are listening and people that I serve in my communities. And so if we agree that your ideas matter and they came to you for a reason, you're happy when they're around and they're worth expressing and sharing. And we believe that it's a little bit selfish to keep it to ourselves. Then I help people get their ideas out into the world via, I use Facebook ads and then, uh, and then I use sales funnels so they can get more leads and grow their business. On the business side, I've never met a business owner that is really, really struggling that has a line around the door of qualified leads. So to me, I think, well, if we can bring you more qualified leads, that'd be a good thing. Yes. I don't care what you sell your barbershop or a bike shop or a done for you business or a baker or a Facebook ad guy, or my wife runs an events company. If you had more qualified leads, would that be more helpful? And everybody, literally everybody's like, yeah, that'd be great. Cool. What are you doing about that? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Great. I've got resources to help you know how to do that. And, and, and that's what I do on the business side, but it all comes back to those two, the two coupled it's a, and the way I phrase it is it's personal, but not private. Like mm-hmm. your mission is personal to you, but you don't get to keep it to yourself. Right. Same thing with your struggle, same thing with your success. You need to be able to share that and build community with your, your customers or with your peers, like you and I, with your friends, et cetera. So that's, that's what gets me really fired up. That's awesome. I could not agree more that I've always felt like we talk about stewarding. Like when we think of stewardship, we think of finances and oh, like, were you a good steward with your finances? I grew up Christian and am still Christian. So, you know, the Bible story where there's the people who are given the talents and one person buries them and one person uses them. And it kind of gets you thinking about what do you actually do with the talents you've been given? Yep. And I feel like we always look at that and think about money. Like, okay, that means if one person was given more money then they're supposed to steward it. And if, you know, you should still steward the little bit of money that you have, but we don't think about stewardship often with, ideas and with passions and realizing, I mean, I'm on the same boat that you are of. I think that the passions that we have and the ideas that we have, like those ought to be stewarded. Uh, Like it would be a shame to be given these ideas that can impact, you know, maybe millions, maybe, maybe 10 people, but those are still like, it doesn't really matter the numbers, but it'd be sad at the end of our life to realize that we didn't do anything with that passion. We just kind of kept it to ourselves. So I've looked at business very similarly and my background was in the nonprofit space and did some work in ministry and uh, quickly realized that, uh, you know, we kind of look at like, okay, if you want to make an impact, go work in the nonprofit space. And if you want to make money, go work in the business space. And then I started realizing that, well, one, it's a lot harder to just make money in the business space than just starting a business and money flows in the door, but also business is a huge way to make an impact. Yeah. I was listening to a Stu McLaren, uh, interview. Stu's a membership site guru, and he also has a big nonprofit that helps establish schools, I think in Kenya, but he picked one specific country in Africa and he was, he always had trouble with money. I think a lot of people, uh, listening and even myself, it, we feel, especially if you grew up in the church, like we did, like there's some stigma around becoming very financially successful or running a big business or being very profitable. And so Stu had that same kind of head trash and he went on a trip to see these villages where his, uh, his, uh, it wasn't a a faith-based ministry, I don't think, but uh, he was seeing the good that was being done and realized like it was something like they don't have water in this village. He's like, well, what does it cost to get water? And it was like 1100 bucks. He was like, wait, it's just 1100 bucks and they can have water. It was some small number. And he was like, 
I, I know how to make money. Like I'm a good business guy, but I've always been so shy about it or embarrassed about it. And then he realized that the more successful his business was, the more fresh water he could get to Kenya. And whether you're hearing that and you're thinking literally you want to send money to uh, a foreign country or do some kind of you know ministry or nonprofit work, that's fine. But I, I have since then just why I want to make as much money as possible. I want my clients to make as much money as possible through advertising and course launches and through their products and services so they can reach a bunch of other people. I had a call today with a woman in my coaching program. She has the craziest story. Maybe you should have her on your podcast someday where she had, her name is Nicole Hall and she had uh, the, I'm, I'm going to totally not do her story justice, but she had uh, her third delivery of her ch child while she was in delivery she had a very intense trauma. She went from normal to really hot and really red, then really blue. And she coded, which I'm not in the medical world. I think it means flatlined. Like she was, she was gone, turned blue, turned gray, gone. Her husband's in the room. Like what is happening? They're giving her chest compressions. She's like foaming at the mouth. All of the cords come out of her body and she died for a few minutes. And if you're listening and with bated breath, the crazy news is she came back and the baby, since she was, they, they ordered a, a post-mortem C-section and her husband is like, I'm not a doctor, but I know what post-mortem means. So like, what's going on, you know? And so the doctors in that case, they're trying to save the baby because mom's, mom's gone. So they, they, they cut the baby out and the baby's fine now. This was two years ago. Baby's fine and mom's fine. I talked to Nicole today. She was on my, my like coaching call. Incredible, right? She has this incredible story. So she hired a documentary filmmaker to come out and share her story. And she wants to raise awareness around just helping people have a healthy pregnancy. She had a thing called an amniotic fluid embolism. If you're listening, like you want me to close that loop for you. And it's it's very high mortality rate, but she survived. And now she's thinking, well, what do I do now? Like I wasn't supposed to survive, but I did. How do I bring awareness to the situation? And so she's got this incredible video. It's gone kind of viral. It's got like a thousand shares and a couple hundred thousand views. And that's through the power of Facebook ads, by the way, to get that ball rolling. And then it's shareable content. And so I'm sitting here excited. Like if we didn't, if I wasn't any good at this, you wouldn't have ever gotten that story to anybody. And now look at all the people being impacted by it. But then check this out, Seth. She and I were talking today. She wants to have like a membership community where if you're pregnant, you join during your pregnancy. And she's an, actually an RN. So she's going to bring her uh, medical friends in this community and serve people with peace of mind, great resources to serve you through first, second, third trimester of your labor and delivery. And then we were thinking, what if we could just give that away? Like, what if we could get people like Cody or, or whoever just to like, not sponsor, but scholarship people to get mm -hmm. access to that because her message matters so much that she's trying to save lives. This thing takes, it like takes lives every day. It breaks her heart and she's trying to change it. All I'm trying to say is what if there was a way that I could help her make enough money where her program is free for people that need it. Like what if like the business world got tapped into it or what if doctors and nurses and the healthcare mm -hmm. industry got tapped into it and said, no, we want to give this resource to everybody for free. Or we could feel bad about trying to make some money and help moms. And in her case, literally save lives. Most of my clients aren't trying to do that. They're trying to, you know, do, do some business thing, which is fine. And that's the power of getting your story out there. Number one, power of a little bit of Facebook ad juice to let people see it. And then the power of being extremely profitable so she can, give her program away if she wants to, to women who really need it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Some of my business mentors that I follow, I've watched them build very successful businesses solely so that they can give money away to the things that they care about. And it's not all about just how much you can give away. I think it's about following your passions and being honest about what you feel called to, to do with, with what you have and whatnot.
I want to dive a little bit into something you said, which is that um, you've never talked to, I, I believe that you mentioned that you've never talked to a struggling business owner who has a line of qualified leads around the street corner or whatever. Yep. I, I might've said that a little bit wrong, but dive into that a little bit more. And it sounds like your kind of deal is helping people get more qualified leads. What do you, what are the biggest things that people are missing or not doing when it yep. comes to getting more qualified leads for their business? Yeah. Imagine you're in, I live in Colorado Springs. Uh, like imagine you're downtown Colorado Springs and you see, you know, Cody's bike shop and there's a guy named Cody outside and he's boarding up his windows and putting a for sale sign in the window. And you're like, Hey man, what, what's going on? What happened? And he's like, I, I had, I had too many qualified leads. You know, they're coming in like, that's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. That's not, that's not how people go out of business. Um, what I've found is a lot of business owners, we get really good at our solution our, our, our magic trick, so to speak, we get really good at for, you know, for me, funnels and ads or for my wife, amazing event production or for my operations manager. She has an operations company. She's really, really good at operations. Hmm. Uh, and then whatever, you know, whatever your business is that you're listening to the show and we're all really good at that. We're typically, that's why we got into it. We were really, we mastered something and now we're trying to make a business out, out of that thing. And so the next step then becomes, well, how do we find the people that need this thing that we're really good at? Whether you're making a service or making a, like a widget or you have a product or service. And that's what I mean when I say I've never seen somebody board up their windows, like literally or metaphorically, because they had too many qualified leads of people with cash in hand, ready to give them money, grateful for the results they've been given so far and excited to work with them. And then you're like, well, I'm just done. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I, I can't do it. I, I got to close the doors. That, that's, that's ridiculous. So for me, I just try to think, well, what do we need to create? to get somebody that's a stranger into your, I, I have almost exclusively online clients. So under your online storefront to be able to interact with you and to give you money to interact with your product, service, idea, message, widget, you know, whatever that is. And I focus so much on the lead gen side because I hate when people try to send strangers to their shopping cart. I was again, back down, back to downtown Colorado Springs. There was, I was walking to my car after a meeting with a, a friend of mine and it was a cold day. It was brisk fall day. And there was a guy across the street yelling at me, sir, sir. And he was waving a clipboard. And I don't want to talk to anybody anyways, let alone across the street, let alone on a cold day, let alone waving a clipboard. And I, I shrugged him off and pulled my jacket up around my ears and I kept going. And then he was like, you know, he's like, it's a survey. And I was in my head, I was like, I know, that's why I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then he was like, but it's for the, like, whatever. He's like, but it's for the whales or something. I was like, I, I don't, not today. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I feel like so many business owners do that still in 2019, we just kind of stand on a street corner yelling with a clipboard saying, I've got this thing for sale. Come get it. Come want it. Line up, give me money. And our attention spans are less, especially when it comes to Facebook advertising and people are doing this, the thumb scrolling Olympics until their hands are numb. And we've got to do something that really reaches out and grabs them. And for me, typically, this is my favorite thing to talk about, but it's something that's a quick win. Like, um, I, I very rarely go to really nice restaurants, but when you do, there's a thing called a mousse bouche. I don't even know how you spell it or pronounce it. I think I pronounced it correctly, a mousse bouche. And what it typically is, is like a spoonful and they make this little thing in a spoonful. Like it's like a, I was at one, they were like, it's a salmon mousse, like salmon mousse. It's like whipped cream, but it was salmon. It's actually kind of gross, but let's say it was delicious. And they say <laughs> compliments of the chef and they bring it out and they put it on and there's no charge for it. It's totally free. It's included with your meal. And it's usually, and that was actually probably pretty good. The salmon mousse, it just kind of sounds gross. Now I think about it. 
let's say it was, it was delicious and people, you put it in, you take a bite and you go, that was fantastic. I love that. If that was that good, I can't wait for the food to come out. I can't wait for the main course. And the, let's just call it an appetizer, not a moose bouche, but like, what's the little taste of something we can give somebody in our business aligned with the results that we, that they're trying to get and the problem that we can help them solve. So they think that was amazing. I really like that. What's next? Like, how do I get more of this? And you're like, Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm, you know, hosting a workshop tonight about this exact topic that you just said you got a great result from. And I'd love to share more about this whole method with you or, you know, whatever your conversion thing is. Mm -hmm. So number one, we got to attract people and give them a taste typically for free. That's my worldview. At least give them something amazing for free that they love that whets their appetite. That's compliments of the chef. That's a taste of how good the rest of the stuff's going to be that you've got where they say, I've got to know what's next. I I want more. I want more. And then we can, then we can sell them our stuff if we're ready at that point. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Who's doing this? Well, who do you see out there that maybe you're modeling or just inspired by or that you look and it might be somebody small that people don't know of, or there might actually be some big companies out there that are, you know, giving out really good moose bushes. <laughs> the first one, the first one, I'm sorry, came to it's mind. way, it's way more fun to say. Than <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I had to Google it one day to say like, how do I spell it? Cause I wanted to like type it in a Facebook post or an email or something. Uh, and so I think I could spell it if you were to quiz me on it, but yes, moose bush. Uh, so yes, uh, I had a, a friend of mine that she has a, a course to help people become professional makeup artists. Great. Hmm. Very specific seems good in this Instagram day and age where women are applying makeup in a specific way and saying like, I'll teach you this method or like, I'll come do it in person is her, is her business. And so I was like, that's great. Her course is a couple hundred bucks and she wasn't selling any. How are you trying to sell it? Well, I'm trying to sell it, you know, off an Instagram post to my course and nobody's buying it. It's like, okay, we're missing the moose bouche as it were. And so we came up with an idea to, for her to give away a script on how to get your first paying client. So it's a little taste. It's not a whole business. It's not how to incorporate or how to file your taxes or how to, what, you know, whatever, set up QuickBooks and get a bookkeeper. It's not all of that. That's in the course. But what if we could give you a script, a picture, like a, an idea of a picture to post, idea of a script to say in the post on Instagram so, so you attract your first client. Like make that the giveaway. So it's a one-page PDF and it's called the whatever, your first client attraction checklist or something like that, whatever it was. And she put that in front of her audience and her target audience wants to do what? They want to make a business out of makeup. They don't know how to do it. Well, dropped into their lap is this script on how to get your first paying client. And so that's a great example of that come to mind recently, um, of people that do that. Um, the other one I just love, I'm a big nerd for this company, but it's called Digital Marketer. So if you're enjoying this conversation and you like marketing and lead generation and stuff, then digitalmarketer.com is a great resource. They put out a ton of free guides mm-hmm. and how-tos and ideas. Uh, a few of them that come to mind, there's a Facebook ad swipe file. A swipe file is just literally screenshots. And so they went through Facebook and they screenshotted ads that they liked and added some commentary around why they like them. They had like a 109 blog post idea, hmm. uh, same thing, like a swipe file or a checklist yeah. or something like that. That's cool. And it's totally free. Well, what do they yeah. know now? Well, Seth is into blogging because he downloaded our blogging uh, swipe file idea checklist. And then they right. make you an offer about a blogging course they might have or a blogging uh, or like their membership, which includes lots of little mini courses like that. So digital marketer kind of sets the bar for me. They're extraordinarily generous and results focused and they, they model this really well. What's it been for you? Like what, what's kind of the, for your business, 
and attracting people so that you can be helping them with marketing, with lead generation, with funnel building and stuff. What's been uh, some of the ways that you've been providing free value to attract your audience? Yeah, I'm like a over-caffeinated guinea pig. And so I just drink coffee all day and I just build funnels for myself to see what works. So I've done this year, I have a, a book called One Hour Funnel. It's a free book. So there's a funnel, there's a landing page. I'm making sure I get the right words for, for you, man, or like the, the audience. Like there's a website where all you can do is give me your email address and I'll give you a PDF uh, of the book. And so that's my go-to. That's my bread and butter that's still running out there. I also have a free plus shipping book. If you live in the US, you can go to a certain website, give me your email address and I'll give you the book, the audio book uh, and some other resources and I'll just ship it out to you. And then um, that's a great lead generator for me. Um, I've done some webinars, typically webinars, think online, online training classes. Um, they're, they're not the best uh, lead generation. So I'll actually answer your question now. My best lead generator has been the book. And the second has been, I've done five day challenges specific to this. So I hosted them live. I, I did it twice this year, once in March, once in October. And it was, you know, it was live in that we're all starting on Monday. And now welcome to day one. Tuesday is day two. Wednesday is day three. Check in. We're halfway there. How's everybody mm -hmm. doing? And that challenge was around how to create a lead generator or a checklist. Uh, so for people that are enjoying this conversation or like having this exact same chat, a lot of business owners didn't know how to do this. And I thought, well, something I'm obsessed with, I can do this with any business. I'll teach you how to generate, I'll teach you how to create a PDF or like bait to put out into the water to attract your ideal client. So you can get them a quick result where they think uh, you're amazing and they want to work with you then. So those five day challenges were great. Uh, I've also done a virtual summit, which is a, I interviewed 15 of my internet marketing friends and I called it the failed funnel summit. And I just said, Hey, what's your biggest bust? Like, what did you think would happen? What actually happened? What'd you learn from it? And they were four to five minute interviews. And I did a, I released three a day for five days. So 15 interviews. I emailed people that were in the virtual summit. Welcome to day one. Our speakers today are Seth and Cody and Nicholas. And then welcome to day two. And just kind of did that. Th mm -hmm. Those both worked really well from a lead generation standpoint because people were able to get a quick result, a quick win, Right. Build some know, like, and trust with me. Then I can invite them to my podcast or to make sure they got a copy of the book and come to the live event and all that stuff. So, and are you usually pushing out these free off? Like you're usually using Facebook ads to kind of give these free offers some juice. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm too impatient for SEO or for a YouTube <laughs> channel or for even like to wait. If all I had was my podcast, yeah. I'd be totally broke because it's a hard way to create content and make a business right. around that. And so, yeah, I just, I'm too impatient. I've got a budget. I'll set aside, you know, a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or 5,000 bucks and say, here's who I'm going after. I want, you know, entrepreneurs or people who like these books or these people, I want them to come check out my, my five day challenge and I'll take mm -hmm. really good care of them while they're there. And then you start to get a yeah. vibe for how much does that typically cost? And for me, it's usually two or three bucks is when I know I'm winning with getting a registrant to, or like a lead or somebody to opt mm -hmm. in for something. Um, and then I know it stinks if I'm getting eight or 12 or 25 or $50 leads and something's up with the offer or my targeting, but yeah, right. I use Facebook ads to move more quickly. That's awesome. I, I love what you're saying because I feel like in the, in the online marketing world, you know, we see all these successes. We see all these people who have these crazy stories and, or seemingly they're either really, really lucky or they're just not telling us all of the times that it didn't work. Uh, but we get this illusion that, okay, you can create a podcast or create a lead magnet or create a white paper or a swipe file and post it. And all of a sudden you're going to get all the leads and you're going to have a million dollar business. And I, 
it sounds like you've just tested a lot of things. I, we don't have enough time today, but I am guessing, and forgive me if I'm overstepping here, I'm guessing you've had a lot of busts. Oh, so many. <laughs> and that's why, like, I don't, if you're listening, like, gosh, is that the secret to success? 95 funnels in a year? No, please don't do that. But that's my business. So I'm testing everything. It'd be like if yeah. I was a personal trainer or a bodybuilder, I'm like, well, I'm going to try all the machines at the gym and just see what I like. And that's, that's what I do. Then I take, I go out and I hunt and I kill and I take back to my community. Hey, don't do this one. This one's, this one was not good. Or, Hey, this one was really great. I think. And, and mm-hmm. I remember yours, you and I, I got back on your radar. You were back on my radar with your 10 day yeah. Facebook live challenge. Like, this is great. Like yeah. super helpful, great pain point. And you know, you did such a good job pulling that off and it was like really valuable stuff. And it, people were posting their wins and their video and it was a little tidbit each day and it was brilliant. So do stuff like that. Do what Seth yeah. did on the, that challenge. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. And that was, uh, yeah, that was, I need to be doing that more regularly. I just heard an interview uh, with Billy Jean, uh, pretty well-known marketing voice. I'm sure there's people in the marketing world that really like him and really some that really don't. And I'm sure that he does not care at all. Yeah. Um, but he has absolutely built a brand and a name for himself. And on the podcast, he was just talking about how much work, how much time they spend just repackaging offers. Like, you don't, they kind of said, like, we don't have a million different products. Like we do similar things all the time, but they're always, always looking at what are the different ways that they can repackage those offers or, you know, reshift up in like, he talked about how last year they just looked at some of the stuff that's just sitting there like around their office, like some of the services and some of the trainings they have. And they just like repackage those into a, I think like a legacy bundle that they had never done before and sold it and made $2 million off of it. Um, I'm sure that was, there was a lot more that goes into it than just that. But I love the concept of uh, not just like putting all of your eggs into one offer, but recognizing like, some things are going to bust and some things are going to be great. And chances are what you think is going to be great might not. <laughs> yeah. And here's, here's a really practical tip. So that uh, I've done things that didn't work and yep. they didn't do what I thought they would do. They didn't generate any sales. They got kind of expensive leads, but here's the kicker. I have those videos. Like I did a, uh, I did a live stream earlier this year. I think QVC meets mad money and it totally flopped. It was a waste of thousands of dollars of my money and my time. And, but I've got the videos from that though. I've got, I can transcribe the videos. I could cut up the videos. I could make the videos into, cause I'm sure I said little smart nuggets. It'd be a cool mm-hmm. 15 second Instagram story video. And I've got the virtual summit I did over the summer. I've got those 15 interviews with my, my internet friends. And like four of them are kind of famous. So I could take those four transcribe them, make a little booklet. And so here's a practical exercise for your audience is just take a minute and inventory. What's everything you've ever said? What's everything you've ever written? What's everything you've ever videoed? And then you start to think, he's right. I've got all those podcast interviews I interviewed, you know, from that thing I never launched two years ago. But those interviews were pretty good. I'm going to bundle those with the transcriptions and my top takeaways from each one and sell it for, you know, 40 bucks or something. That's such a useful exercise when you look around at what's, what's already there. What have you done? I've got 360 podcast episodes. A friend of mine got into my, was my wife's friend's and my wife, Christy, she said, listen to his show. She's like, I will. And then five minutes later, Hey, there's like a million episodes. Where do I start? And I was like, Oh, that's a good point. What if I package like the top 10 or like the top marketing ones and the top mindset ones and the top conversion ones. And then I sold that for five bucks. You know, now I have a new customer with their credit card and here's the 10. Well, Cody, those are free on the internet. I know, but they weren't in order and they weren't curated and they weren't in a way that was easy to consume. So you can, 
there's you know, the curation over creation. Like I can curate that list or I could even say, Hey, there's Billy Jean's got, I feel kind of bad selling his stuff, but like Billy Jean has said some stuff and these are, I'll just sell my top 10 list of podcasts that I like for a dollar or like, you know, there's all yeah. these offers we could make that are really helpful to the people you seek to serve. Well, who would I know if they downloaded a marketing podcast cheat sheet checklist top 10, what else do I know about them? They're probably into marketing. And, mm -hmm. and so great. You're one of, you're one of us. Did yep. you get my book on marketing? Do you want to come to my event on marketing? Like that, that's what we would do. So that's a great, yeah. great story that you brought up and great point. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that most of what we're talking about with these offers are lead generation offers yep. that, you know, you selling, it's going to be pretty, pretty darn hard for you to sell $5 podcast lists and right. build a huge business, which is why, right. you know, whatever your backend services are. And so just for the listeners to know, like, I don't, you know, I want you guys to be listening and recognizing that all of these offers are really around the idea of applying more creativity to how we're attracting leads yeah. so that we can get leads into our profitable business models, which is something you mentioned um, at the beginning is uh, as kind of a core component to this is having really profitable backend business models, which for you is membership sites and coaching. Am I right? Yeah. Right. So I've got, um, the main ways I help people get results. I have, I do have the agency still, it's gotten a lot smaller. There's two or three clients at a time, not something I'm super pumped about. Uh, not something I see me doing for much longer. If we meet together in a year, Seth, for, um, for some celebration, it would be that I shut down the agency part. And if my agency clients are listening, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody else. Uh, and then <laughs> The most fun thing I do, I have a live event that I'm doing twice a year. Uh, so I'm doing it in December of 2019. I'll do it again in June of 2020. And it's around these types of concepts. And then I have a coaching program and I have a, uh, I have a membership site. So the membership site is called the FAM and it stands for Funnels and Ads Mastery, F-A-M. And people that are running ads and running traffic and making offers and having client avatars and they're sending emails and all these things, they, we talk about it in the group. And that's a ton of fun. Now, that's not... It doesn't make me a ton of money, but it brings me a mountain of joy. Just before we hit record, Seth, I text my wife a ton of screenshots of people this week of what they've said in the group, and it's been a ton of fun. And so I just want to make that bigger and, and, and help more people. It's extremely satisfying to see them get wins. And like I said at the beginning, to own their marketing and own their results. I didn't write those ads. Like they wrote them based on some teaching, and I just prodded them along and said, do it like press and publish. Mm -hmm. Like you got this. It looks great. Should I wait for this? No, 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 don't wait. Just hit publish. This looks awesome. And they did it. And then they got a lead and then they got a sale and they're like, I'm doing it. And like, I know I'm so proud of you. Like that makes me, that lights me up to take this expertise and this kind of scary thing of online marketing and funnels and Facebook ad manager and say, no, it's simple. Just do it this way. You've got this, go for it. And then they own, they own the results. That makes me, I could do that all day. That's awesome. I love that. What would some of, you've given a lot of tips already, but what would some of your uh, pieces of advice be to either a current business owner, entrepreneur, or somebody who's aspiring and who sees that in their future? Every place that I start with any kind of consulting that I do or makeovers or workshops or whatever, I always start with getting really clear about the market that you want to serve. And we don't have to, a lot of people say niche down, niche down, niche down. That's fine. I, I, I guess I'm one of those guys, but I, I want you to pick one niche at a time. So you mentioned a couple different niches. If, if, if that was my business, I would, I would feel, uh, and I've thought this before, like, am I for brand new entrepreneurs? Am I for seasoned? You know, what, what, who am I for? So my membership, for example, is that you have to kind of be running traffic. If you've never written an ad in your life, 
the membership's not going to serve you. So getting really clear on the market that you seek to serve, pick one niche at a time, and then go really deep on a few things. And so just kind of answer these questions as you think about that. What keeps them up at night? What are their pain points? What are their frustrations? What's the gap? Where are they? Where do they want to be? What's an average day like for them? What's their status? Like I mentioned back at the beginning of this interview, how I felt when my kids were opening two Christmas gifts, I felt really embarrassed and small. That's, that was my status. Like, so if you could say, hey, uh, hate your nine to five job, do you feel like you have no leadership even in your own home? I would have been like, yes, like in tears, <laughs> like and clicked on that ad. Like I had no status yeah, totally. and I wanted a different status. Like, would you rather feel proud and stand up straight and thriving? Yes, of course, like that's a change in status. So once you really understand the market that you seek to serve and what they say about themselves, how intense their pain is, what their pain is, what keeps them up at night, if they were the, uh, there's a quick test you could run, like if you were to call them at, at the middle of the night and they answer the phone and, uh, and you said like, you asked them what the problem was and they were like, it's, you know, it's whatever, like it's my kids aren't, you know, my kids are addicted to sugar or like whatever the problem is. Like if they're that clear on the problem and the pain that they have in their life is so intense and you can help them with that, then that would be a good thing. So whether you're just getting started or you are been, have been in business for a while, I would encourage you to get really in tune with their, your markets and the problem that they, that they have, where they feel like, were you digging through my trash? Like, how did you know that about me? Were you reading my diary? Did you set up like a camera in my kitchen to hear the conversations? I, I just said what your Facebook ad said last night to my wife. Like, how did you know that? And that's happened to me every now and then where I have a webinar called more than word of mouth that teaches people to grow their business beyond the referral plateau. And I, there's just things that people will comment like in the live or in the recording. Like I say that every day. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I know. I know that. Like I say that every day. So I know that you say right. it every day and that probably makes you feel this way. Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You probably want to get that fixed. Don't you? Yes, I do. How did you know that? Were you reading my diary? Like that's where I would start with anything. And then the world opens up and you yeah. go, Oh, these are their problems. I'm going to solve yeah. them in this way with these podcasts or these pieces of free content or this checklist or cheat sheet or this script or template or this little mini course. And then the world opens up when you get that part figured out. That's awesome. That's super, super valuable and gives me even some things to be chewing about. What people don't realize about podcasts is yes, we want to provide you a ton of value, but also just selfishly, I just want to learn from everybody that I have on here. <laughs> Get as much business advice as I can. Yeah. Uh, last question. What are some of just some important resources that have been helpful for you, whether it's programs or podcasts? You said you were an audio junkie before we jumped onto this call and stuff. So what are some resources that have been helpful in your journey? Yeah, I love when people are real and authentic. And thanks for providing this format, Seth, where we can just Absolutely. talk and it's unscripted and it's fun. And so I like things like this. Uh, the, my favorite podcast that's not my own and uh, is a guy named Russell Brunson. He invented one of the co-founders of ClickFunnels. And they're a $100 million company or more. Like They're this huge company. Yeah. But he films these really vulnerable podcasts about you hear his kids in the background and he's driving in his car and he's dropping his kids off at school or he just dropped them off and now he's recording this audio. They're really short. They're really helpful. They're typically seven to 12 minutes. It's what I model my podcast after is that level of vulnerability and access. And it's also very low fidelity. I, I mean, I'm even more lo-fi. He gets his edited at least, but, but he doesn't cut out thoughts or you know wrong words or something. He just leaves it raw like it is. So I really like that. And it gives me permission too. like, well, if it's good enough for him, I can do that totally. too. So I like his podcast a bit. And then something that's really helped me have a productive week and it's sitting on my desk right now. There's a resource I use called the Productivity Planner. And it's by the same uh, team that put out the five minute journal, which is a gratitude journal. They have a thing called the Productivity Planner and it helps me just get really clear on the week. So I feel this 
I haven't been using it religiously like I should have. I used it earlier this year, but planning a live event now, we're like 25 days away and there's a lot of balls in the air. I have mm -hmm. to stay really productive. I have to stay focused on what matters and the productivity planner really helps me. And then other things in my office within arm's reach is, is an espresso machine. I drink a lot of coffee, like I said, and then I'll just stop there. I think those are really good. I think the best book I've read this year that I see on the top of my list over there is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's great because we all want to do better at stuff and we need to create better habits yeah. in our lives. And I love, love, love that book. So I'll, I'll stop there before I add 15 That's more. great. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you or whatever you have going on right now? Yeah, my main website is codybirch.com. My last name is spelled B-U-R-C-H. So codybirch.com uh, has some free resources there. Like we talked about the free book. Uh, and then my main website is One Hour Funnel. If you look up any kind of one hour, anything, I usually come up. So One Hour Funnel Live is the event. One Hour Funnel book is the book one hour funnel.com is the rest of the stuff. So trying to take these complicated marketing concepts and make them really simple for people is, is what I'm all about. And I uh, would love to chat or connect and, and uh, have great conversations with people whenever they're ready. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I think this is going to be really valuable out there. It, there hasn't really been an episode where we've gone this like into the weeds on digital marketing um, yet. And so I think that that's great. And there's going to be a lot of people that hear this and resonate with just, it just gets complicated. And so I think it's really refreshing to hear somebody who's done it to just say, it doesn't have to be as complicated, get stuff out there, adjust along the way. So thank you for doing what you do and showing up today to be on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Seth, for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. This podcast was produced by Storyon Media and Marketing, and our passion is helping small businesses use stories to grow their business, and we create a community that helps you do just that. So if you don't have the budget to hire a big agency, but you really want to learn how to navigate online marketing, how to tell better stories, and really how to build a brand that lasts, then our program, Success with Stories Elite, is for you. Every single week, we give you new trainings, content ideas, and content blueprints to make marketing with stories easy. To join our community, head over to www.successwithstories.com elite, or just click on the link in our show notes. Again, that's successwithstories.com elite. Have an awesome day and let us know what you loved about this episode by leaving a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so much. My name is Seth Silvers and I will see you next time.